troubles in a troubled industry in Missouri involving teenagers and schools. I'm Dave Helling with the Star's editorial board. We'll take a look at that story next on Deep Background. Greetings here on Deep Background for November 12th, 12th, 2020. I'm Dave Helling with the Star's editorial board. Uh, my friend and colleague Derek Donovan, as always, at the controls and joining us for today's discussion. Uh, thanks, Derek, to you. And our two guests are two great reporters. We've had them on before. We'll have them on again. Two great reporters for the Star, Laura Bauer and Judy Thomas, who have uh, uh, published yet another amazing story about problems in Missouri that maybe a lot of Missourians were not aware of uh, and needed to be exposed to. And Judy, let me start with you. Uh, uh, you wrote a story about some uh, uh, teenage reform school, the best way I can describe it, uh, in Missouri, in which uh, violence and abuse seems to be a regular habit. Tell us the story of what you discovered, what people are talking about online, including, uh, including people who used to be at that school. What's the name of it and, and, and what does it do? Well, there, there, we've, we've written about a couple of them so far, but the, the one that started it all was uh, back in August when Laura and I found out that um, this place called Circle of Hope Girls Ranch in Cedar County, which is a, um, they call it the troubled teen industry. Um, it's, a, it's a reform school for troubled girls. And we found out that um, authorities had gone in and removed they said about 25 girls. Um, the owners dispute that and said it was 18, but they removed girls from there. Um, and there was an ongoing, there is an ongoing investigation by Cedar County authorities into abuse and neglect at that school. Um, and what we learned after that was in talking to people, there had uh, been allegations over the years that place opened in 2006. And there had been allegations from almost the very beginning um, but nothing had really been done about it. And so in uh, 2018, the, um, a woman whose sister was there called the Highway Patrol, reported abuse, and they started an investigation. That investigation, um, the sergeant who did the investigation turned it over to uh, Springfield, uh, the U.S. Attorney's Office there, and uh, the case was never prosecuted, so that was dropped. Well, then in March of this year, um, the, the householders are the names of the people who own Circle of Hope. Boyd and Stephanie Householder, um, they, a, a man who used to know them or knew them from Agape, another boarding school. Which, which we'll talk about in a minute. In a minute, yeah. <laughs> they, um, uh, this guy went and visited them, and in March he said he was appalled at what he saw was really um, abuse of some of the girls. He secretly took a, a video of Boyd Householder, the owner, that uh, appears to show him telling girls to um, beat out or take out or knock, knock her out is what he said in regard to another girl who was there. And this guy released that or gave that video to the householder's daughter, Amanda, who is a kind of a key player in this because she left there when she was 17 and they kicked her out. And she has ever since been trying to get them exposed, her own parents to what she says is going on there. And so he gave her this video she put it on TikTok in March. It went viral. She got a call shortly after that from an investigator, a deputy at the Cedar County Sheriff's Office, and they started this investigation. And then um, Laura can kind of tell you what happened from there. Um, she talked to the family 
of the people who removed their daughter from Circle of Hope. And then she went to the authorities and gave her more recent information about the abuse. And then after we read that story, we started hearing from Agape. Well, let's talk about Agape and maybe go to Laura now. Uh, so this is the second instance. This is not a girl's school, right? It's for boys. Uh, but it's the same basic idea that that to wayward teens, however you describe that, are, are given over to these schools and that they are mistreated once they're there. Is that, is that a good synopsis? Yes, and, and Agape is a real interesting story because Boyd Householder, owner of Circle of Hope, actually trained at Agape. So he went in um, early 2000, 2001 to Ian trained and spent several years learning how to run a school like this and opened the Circle of Hope using the same disciplinary tactics that they used at Agape. And what we are finding with Agape, uh, Judy and I spoke to 16 former students. And now since the story uh, ran over the weekend, we've talked to many more. And they all tell the same story and it spans 20 years now, uh, almost 25 years from the new boys that we've spoken to. And they, their parents are, they don't know what to do. Um, they're troubled kids, a lot of them, not all of them, but most of them are troubled kids. And the parents just say, uh, we need some help. And Agape, when you do a list online, Agape is one of the first schools that come up. And- um, kind of, they, Lord, Just let me stop you there. What kind of problems? Behavior problems, unruly boys. I mean, Judy, I assume at Circle of Hope, same thing. Girls that are behavior problems, talking back to parents, maybe getting into minor problems at school. I mean, these aren't, you know, robbers and thieves and and, and no, no, it does run the it it does run the gamut, and um, you may have some that have had some legal troubles, but a lot of it is defiant. Um, parents, uh, many who are strong Christians, believe they're going down the wrong path. Um, we've had one. Um, that just didn't get along with his stepmother and they needed to send him away. Nothing real violent. Another one. And, and the parents to... just simply, the, the guardians just simply say, mm -hmm. I can't do this. Here's a place that promises to fix my child. Right. Um, in using the Bible, using God. And many of the parents uh, are drawn to that. And um, so we've found that. And the, the stories that we have been told about what goes on inside, um, many of them have told their parents. Um, but it's one thing that Judy and I wrote about over the weekend. There's a manipulation tactic that the boys are describing in that the um, leaders at Agape will tell the parents, now, just so you know, your boys are going to tell you this, and they're going to tell you that we restrain, and they're going to tell you about the violence, and, and they're just manipulating you. They're trying to work you over. Um, and then they don't believe them. And then when the kids do get out, they sit down. Many cases that Judy and I have found, um, the parents say, I'm so sorry. We didn't know. And Did you, Judy, talk to us a little bit. What, what kind of abuse? I mean, I, from your story, you know, stand in the corner, carry heavy objects. I mean, what, what are they doing to these kids in both of these schools? Well, we've heard similar reports from both schools, uh, and it sounds like a lot of these uh, boarding schools do the, use these same kind of uh, punishments. One of the, the, the main ones they talked about, well, besides 
withholding food and water is one. Um, they, they, they make them do manual labor and sometimes out in the hot, the heat and in the cold without proper gear. Or they don't give them water. They get really short water breaks. Like they say, they'll get three seconds from a garden hose. And if they take trouble, um, things like that. Some of the others were, they call it the wall. They're forced to uh, stand at a wall, up against a wall with their noses either touching or just an inch away and they can't move sometimes for, well, hours on end. And sometimes kids say they're there for months where they can only take maybe two bathroom breaks if they're lucky during the day, they have to stand there like that. And they can hold a Bible in one hand and read, but that's all they can do. Um, we've seen we've seen pictures from some of the kids where you can see kids standing against the wall in the background. It is. L Laura, does, does this, I hate to say it this way, but does it work? I mean, is this, do, do you have people say, oh, my, my, my son was saved by Agape, and uh, I'm glad I sent him there, or, or do you get a universal sense that this kind of treatment is, you know, as abhorrent as it appears to be, is, uh, is common? Some parents have gotten online and said it does work, and they swear by Agape and, and um, bringing their kids closer to Jesus and closer to them, and they've turned themselves around. Um, some couple boys that we've, not a couple, but we've seen a few online that have said, it helped me. Um, what we are hearing more are the allegations that it turned them away from religion altogether, that it, um, they became in some cases socially awkward because they're not allowed to have a normal teen relationship with their peers, not allowed to talk in the dormitory, not allowed to talk at the table, um, and it made them angry. And we're starting to talk to um, boys that have just left. A lot of the men that we spoke to for the weekend story had been there from, what, 90, 95 to 2011. And then we spoke to a staff member from 2013 to 2015. And, but now we're talking to ones that have left within months ago. And um, they are extremely angry. They um, so many of the men that we have spoken to had night terrors. A couple were in the weekend story. One it was in a separate story, um, David Patterson, and he would have the same dream over and over again and that he was back in the cafeteria and he was trying to get out of the school and he couldn't get out of the school. In every dream, he's closer and closer, but he never gets there. And it's all of the agape shoes that they would have him wear with the tongues out and the abuse and one night in his dream he commandeered a car um, and then in one dream he beat up a staff member and after that um, dream he finally kicked the night terrors he didn't have them anymore because he had left the school or he had left on his own terms. Do, do we have any sense Laura uh, and Judy you may want to uh, chime in too that the people who, who run these schools, who, who open them, and even the staff members, are they trained in any of this? Are they, are, do they, you know, is, what's the theory? Do they go to school and learn counseling skills and psychological skills? Or is this, you know, in a rural area, someone buying a home, throwing open the door, saying, hey, we'll take your kid, and then sort of making up this protocol? Is that, that's what it seems like. You want me to go, Judy, or you want yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Laura, <laughs> well, Laura, well, they... you go, yeah, go ahead, Laura. <laughs> go ahead. Go okay. Uh, um, 
the the owner of Agape is a former California Highway Patrolman. Um, Boyd Householder um, had experience in the military and in other schools. Um, we do see a lot of connections to law enforcement in the military. Uh, the staff member that we spoke to um, that was at Agape from 2012 to 2015 said nobody was certified. There were no certified counselors. There were no certified teachers. And that these are people that use the law enforcement training and discipline and the military discipline to try to get these kids, quote unquote, back on track. It's kind of like a boot camp. Yeah. For teenagers. Very much right, so. Judy? Yes. But, but it, you know, the drill sergeants haven't had any training. They're just people who get hired. Right, Judy? Well, well yeah, they've had training in the military because a lot of these employees or staff members are ex-military. But, but, but not in mental health counseling no, or, no. or, or well, teaching or anything like that. No, some of the parents told us, or, or the couple of parents that we talked to, um, said that they were promised that, you know, your child will get counseling and they were supposed to be able to talk to a counselor. But when we talked to some of them, they said, well, the, the only counseling was go read the Bible. Yeah. Um, the, the householders were the counselors. There were no professional counselors who, who were hired there. And, and speaking of the boot camp, um, some of the kids uh, told us, or a lot of them after Agape went into the military, and they told us that their time in the military was nothing. It was a right, compared to that. breeze compared to what they went through at Agape. Because, because the boot camp in these homes goes on forever with no end in sight and no real goal. Let's take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about the regulatory framework and then uh, what the state of Missouri might do going forward. I'm Dave Helling. You're on Deep Background. Hey there, this is Derek Donovan of the Kansas City Star Editorial Board, and we hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you like what you hear, help us support this podcast and the journalism that reporters at The Star do every day by subscribing. There's an easy way for you to do it. Head to kansascity.com background. You'll even get a special discount just for being a deep background listener. By subscribing at that URL, you will get three months of unlimited digital access to The Star for $1.99 total. That's right, you get access to KansasCity.com, the e-edition of the newspaper, our mobile apps, and more for three whole months, and it only costs you $1.99. That's a pretty sweet deal. Plus, you will be supporting journalism that makes a difference in Kansas City. So, go grab your computer or mobile device and head to KansasCity.com background. And hey, thanks for listening. Okay, back now with Laura Bauer and Judy Thomas talking about their amazing work on uh, teenage, troubled teenage homes in Missouri and uh, what goes on behind those doors and, and, and what may happen going forward. So Judy, I'll start with you. Um, you know, early in my career in Kansas City, I covered the, uh, uh, what turned out to be a big nas uh, national story about the We Serve Humanity Daycare Center over on Linwood. And some of the young toddlers who, who went there uh, had their legs broken by an employee. They had like six kids whose legs were broken. And so we all covered that story. And one of the things we learned very quickly is the state of Missouri doesn't regulate daycare centers that are run by religious organizations. And that's a familiar theme, isn't it? And talk to us about uh, this story in that context. If you call yourself a religious organization, you're pretty much free of any oversight whatsoever, aren't you? Yes, it's absolutely an issue. And uh, what happened was in, in 1982, there was a law that was passed uh, that said it was unlawful to operate 
a residential care facility or foster homes without a license. But in that law, they put six exceptions. And one of those exceptions was that any uh, facility operated by a quote, um, well-known religious order or church was exempt from the uh, getting licensed. And so the law also says that anyone, those who believe themselves to be exempt don't, aren't required to provide documentation of that. Um, that's what it says. And that law has been in effect for 28 years. There've been attempts over the years to um, remove that exemption. It's never passed because of the strong lobby you know, by uh, some of the Christian organizations. And so, uh, yeah, so there, there is no authority. The state has no authority um, over them. And they um, also, the Department of Education um, has no authority over them as well. What, what, what about law enforcement, Laura? I mean, you, you, what can they do? I mean, unless, you know, there's, phys you, you've talked about, uh, and Judy talked about a little bit about how sheriffs go in and then they just go out again. Is that a, an accurate picture of what's going on here? Is it, what, what's, what are the options for law enforcement? Well, when you're talking about these reform schools and them being exempt from licensure, the law enforcement is the safety net. So when the state can't really do anything on their oversight of daily operations, if there is an issue and um, there's a hotline call, then law enforcement is supposed to always be involved and um, come out and get them. But say there is a substantiated report by the state for child welfare purposes, and what happens there is it just goes on the central registry, nothing happens. Unless law enforcement pursues an investigation and then gives that to the prosecutor and charges are filed, then nothing happens. Did, didn't and, you and Judy have in some of your stories, I think I read this, where law enforcement would literally pick up these kids who mm -hmm. escape and take them back to exactly. the home? And one thing that our investigation showed is a very tight relationship between the Cedar County Sheriff's Department and Agape. Um, at least two deputies have worked at Agape. One of those deputies is the son-in-law of the owner. Um, you have a dispatcher related to people um, at Agape as well. And that is one of the issues. And several kids had run away um, Judy talked to one who that was his sole purpose of leaving was just to get some authority to say, Hey, you know, what's going on. And so he could tell his story and he was picked up, put in the car and never got, went to the police station and was taken back to Agape. Yeah. And so that Judy suggests that real oversight or checks on the operation of these homes is virtually non-existent. Well, is that is that right? I mean, they're basically free to do whatever they want to do. Well, that's what that's the stories that, that people are telling us. And and then like the one that we talked to when, when they are taken back, you know, he he was he ran away and was picked up and he was taken back in handcuffs. And then when they do get back, they get in in huge trouble, you know, for, oh. for talking. And one thing we we haven't talked about yet was you were talking about the punishments. And one of the worst is the restraining. And that's what uh, a lot of them do too, but where they will, uh, they will grab a kid, slam them to the ground. And then they usually, they said it'll take sometimes uh, four people. Well, one person will uh, kneel on their neck and put pressure on the neck while they're face down. And then uh, people, four other staff members, and sometimes they use other students, the students say, and they will force them to sit on their arms and their legs and just apply really hard pressure. And kids said that sometimes that could go an hour or more. And if they 
moved at all, they would start it all over again. And kids said that uh, they've seen kids that would lose the, the, the strength, in their arm, strength in their arms. They would just be dangling. They couldn't open their hands for days. That's another uh, of the forms that, that we were told about. So. Um, I want to get to the legislative hearing this week on these issues mm -hmm. in a minute. But Laura, is it just these two schools or is this, you know, Judy, I think, said this, it's an industry. It, it do is. we have a sense that in other parts of Missouri, uh, obviously this takes place in rural areas, far beyond, mostly in rural areas, although perhaps it's happening in our area, I don't know, but mm -hmm. uh, maybe you do, but, but, but the idea that you can do it far away from prying eyes, away from state regulatory oversight, away from law enforcement oversight, uh, you can just throw up one of these houses and start taking kids and you make money at it. I mean, it, it, you know, it's obviously lucrative. Well, you make a lot of money at it. I talked to a boy last night who was there a year and his parents paid $35,000. Oh, my word. And, um, but yes, don't you they feel, are. Don't, don't, shouldn't we feel some sympathy for the parents? Not, not so much in turning their kids over to these operations, but obviously if you're going to spend that kind of money, you're worried about your daughter or son. It, it and you just... want them to get into a school where they are going to be, you know, Christianity is a big part of that by the Bible. They think they're doing right. right. Um, when you look online, you don't see a lot of negativity. And if they did see some, they thought it was just from a kid who, who typed it out and he was angry or something. Right, right, right. But it's, you know, in, in fact, they are all over. Um, also, other states have it as well. We, we have some um, investigation and reporting going on now that'll get more into that. What's really interesting is we have called all over. Nobody has a list of these because nobody tracks them. Not Department of Revenue, not Education, not um, you know child welfare. No one tracks them. We have found, oh, at least a dozen, I think that's right, Judy, um, in Southern Missouri. Um, they, they, we know of some up here. We don't know of the um, any concerns with the allegations inside um, the ones up here, but we're we're investigating some things in southern Missouri, yeah. and um, so it is it is a real um, issue for our state. Yeah, and surely there are some success stories with people who have kids who go to these, though, right? And yeah. talking to any of those folks, we we haven't um, we we have included comments from those parents in the story. Um, and, you know, but what's really interesting and I think would be important to note, one of the, uh, the men that we focused on in this weekend's story, Darren Frazier, he had never told any of his story in 16 years and to his father who financed his home in order to send him there. He just said, yeah, dad, I'm good. It, it saved me, thank you. You know, they don't tell their parents for a long time. Um, but there are kids that will say that they are they are better for it in parents. Yeah. And, now, Judy, uh, you, the, the legislature had a hearing on this issue, these issues this week, because I think there is, you know, there's always, oh, I didn't know we couldn't regulate these houses, <laughs> you know, um, uh, and, and which always makes me. Uh, you know, worried because they can't be unaware that these kinds of things are going on. What, what, are, what, what are they talking about in Jeff City about an approach to this? Well, um, they, they did have a hearing this week and it was the Children and Families Committee in the House 
And uh, Representative Carrie Engel, a Democrat from Lee's Summit, is on that committee, and she uh, called for the hearing uh, after she saw the stories about Circle of Hope. And she has heard from a lot of uh, uh, former residents or students from there. So they're looking at doing something with this uh, loophole or this exemption now. Um, and that's what they talked about. And I think uh, some of them said that they were shocked when they saw these stories. They had no idea that the, this kind of thing was going on. They were shocked when um, Department of Social Services um, officials spoke at the hearing and, and when she said, we have no idea how many of these schools there are because we have no authority over them. And so that surprised them uh, as well. So it looks like they don't think that the chairwoman of the committee uh, says she doesn't, they don't think they're going to be able to totally remove that exemption because there's just so much outcry when they've tried to do that. That's what, that but happened with daycare gonna, centers too back in the right, day. There's right. such a pushback from mm -hmm. churches who mm -hmm. say, hey, we run a daycare center on the side. We don't want your inspectors coming in that kind Yeah, of but they are going to look at possibly uh, requiring background checks of all of these places for employees. And they said the other thing that, that looks like it's, it's popular is at least make them uh, have registrate, required registration with the state, not licensing per se, but register so we know where these places are and, and what they are. All right. Well, we'll wrap up. We'll yeah. wrap up with this question. And uh, Judy, I'll start with you and then we'll go to Laura. We, we talked about the parents and obviously the concerns they have uh, for their families uh, and, and the, the regulatory structure and the legend. But, but, I was reading your story, and I just can't imagine the terror of these kids. I mean, the, the, just the absolute uh, uh, horror of finding yourself in this situation with no way out. What, what can we, what, talking to these kids, what, what, what have you learned about that? What's your impression about how, how it must be just the most frightening? You know, a 13-year-old kid sent to a home like this, with, you know, in rural Missouri, you don't even know how to get home or anything like that. It's almost unfathomable to me. Yeah, and we've, we've talked to a lot of them we talked to, were taken there. Um, some of them were taken and there's a, um, a company, we didn't mention this, but the, one of the guys that works at Agape now also has a company on the side where he transports these kids. He'll go in the middle of the night, the parents know about it. They will go in there and get them, wake them up, handcuff them and transport them back to Agape. And he is, has also worked for the Sheriff's Department and he has um, a, two Sheriff's deputies who work uh, part-time with him. So anyway, they talked about that. Can you imagine at 12 or 13 having that happen to you? So, yeah, Laura, I mean, you must have, I mean, you know, quite apart from the facts of it, just, just the, the, the terrifying nature of this thing if you're a kid. I just over and over kept re reading your guy's story and thinking, can, can you, you know, I mean, I grew up, I wasn't troubled, but every once in a while you, you would have a few crosswords with your parents, you know, that, that's being part of growing up. And the idea that you would be turned over to a situation like this, it's Kafka-esque in some ways. Well, and, you know, I have a 14 year old son and, and I just imagine, you know, what, what he would go through but a lot of these boys that have talked to us they show up they're not allowed to talk to their parents for 30 days they're not allowed to talk to anyone and they just feel um you know in if they say the word gosh um they're beaten they say um if they um talk back and just say yeah instead of yes sir 
they're disciplined and it is just this culture shock. They, they feel that they're stranded, that they've been abandoned by their parents. Oftentimes they feel abandoned by the state because no one comes to help. And they've said they feel abandoned by law enforcement because, you know, when they have gone out and, and nothing is done. So it's just when a lot of times these, these kids, you know, they can't have their own music. Uh, there's major discipline. One kid um, said he was restrained for singing Nickelback song under his breath. Um, you're not allowed to do any singing or any music, whether it's hymns, no Christian rock. Um, and, and that's just hard for any 12 to 15 year old, 16 year old, no regular TV cut off from all things. Um, we were told that they weren't even aware of COVID. They didn't even know what was going on. They're not, you know, no news, no movies, no nothing. Um, they wear, they Westerns, right? Judy, a lot of Westerns <laughs> that they get to watch, um, and there, some kids were sneaking, you know, MTV and got in big trouble. So it is, it is a real culture shock for them. And I, I will say that um, there are lawmakers, especially with the lead of um, Representative Engel, um, that are focused on getting something done. One other um, thing that they're looking at is if, you know, short of licensing, which they just don't think they'll be able to do, that there would be a trigger. So if one school had multiple substantiated reports or multiple egregious hotline calls, that then they would be able to jump in and do something. And a lot of the boys that we have spoken to, that in the registering um, is the ones that gets them the most excited about change. All right, sad, sad stuff, but important. And uh, great stories. I recommend them highly at KansasCity.com. Laura Bauer and Judy Thomas, thank you so much for joining us. And we'll update this story, of course, going forward. Derek Donovan, as always, thanks for your help today. I'm Dave Helling with the Stars Editorial Board. You've been on Deep Background. Mm -hmm.